podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to LFC Day Trippers. I'm Emmett and tonight we're bringing you a brand new show, Viewer's Voice. Uh, so over the last few weeks and months, viewers have been asking for a viewer's show. So here it is. With me tonight is Gav. He's going to be my stabilizers for the night mm-hmm. and making their debut on the show. Uh, Long time listeners, uh, Ron all the way from Washington and Matt all the way from Canada. So day trippers have officially gone transatlantic. <laughs> Gav, how are you? I'm good. I'm just off the golf course. Um, Lovely. Literally got in the door about seven minutes ago. It's great that it's it's great that it's um, bright out until nearly ten p.m. So yeah, just off the golf course and looking forward to this. I have to be honest, really, really looking forward to it. I'm glad somebody is. Ron, uh, how are you, pal? Pretty good. Just got off work. Um, got a good walk in, and now I'm ready to jump into the show. Good stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ron. How you came to be a rare <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think I brought Mitch's Gab on the on the first trial run. So um, the way I became a Red is I was fortunate enough to um, make my way over to the UK for a game uh, back in 2005, and it was uh, Liverpool versus Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, and unfortunately, I didn't get seated with a whole lot of Liverpool fans. I sat around a bunch of United fans, and they were all a bunch of uh, words you probably should say on a family show. Uh, so not a, fam- not a family show. Walk away. It's ten o'clock here. <laughs> uh, Pr- Pricks is about the best, easiest yeah, way I can put it. Uh, <laughs> so it was. A, it was. I was around a real gang of Pricks, and I and I, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to support whoever whoever they're playing against. Uh, and from that moment on, started following the Reds. Uh, kind of bought into it. Learned more about the his- the history of the city, uh, the history of the club. Um, Thanks to the internet and YouTube, and fell in love since then, and haven't let go. Good stuff. You're very, very welcome. I have to say, and Matt, my old pal, I've met you over. I met you over at the Inter game. Um, How are you? Pretty good. It's. uh, I picked a hell of a game to go and see. It's our only loss of the calendar year, so that's (laughs) fantastic. Yeah, but uh, no, it's good. I'm. uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight, and I mean, we're. You can start counting the hours down now until the Champions League final starts, and that is – if you can't be excited about that, I don't even know why you bother watching the sport. So. And I know you've, you, you've told me over a beer how you became a Red, etc. Can you give us an idea and give the viewers and ourselves a, an idea of how you became a Red or what made you become a Red? Sure. Uh, one of my buddies I knew back, I used to live in Regina, Saskatchewan, which is in the middle of the prairies in Canada. Not a not a real soccer following, football following community out there. But I had a buddy that was a uh, Serbo-Croat immigrant to the country. He was a big AC Milan fan. And we both uh, ducked out at work to watch the 2005 Champions League final. And I had no skin in the game. But by the end of it, uh, I had a feeling I kind of liked these guys in the red. And it's the same thing as Ron. Once you start digging into it a little bit and you start reading the history and you start watching the team and even through those real, real ugly years, you know, 2011, 2012, it was pretty barren, but yeah, there's, there's something about Liverpool. There's just, for me at least, it just, it resonates with me, the politics of the city and the club and the, you know, the issues that the players stand for and everything like that. It really, it really resonates with me. So I, I love this team. So yeah, this is, this is super exciting for me. So much so that you travelled all of the way from Canada on your own to a, an in the, the Champions League game midweek. Yeah, for two and a half days. I, uh, 
It was That's devotion. It was yeah, inter- international day tripping. So I figured I got my honorary uh, membership card into the day trippers, even though it took me about seventy hours to pull it off. Good stuff. So um, as we said, so tonight's uh, new show is called uh, Viewers Voice. Um, so we asked the lads um, to give us a couple of topics that they wanted to talk about. So feel free to join in in the chat as well. So Ron, your topic was highlights or your moments of the season. So if you want to maybe start off on that. Yeah. Um, so I, there's a bunch of different ways um, to, to come at this because um, there's a, a bunch of moments that stick out on my, stick out on my mind. Uh, but first and foremost, um, you know, I guess I'll just classify it as an on the pitch moment uh, was Tiago uh, did it touch the ground goal? <laughs> uh, because, didn't. <laughs> well, absolutely it didn't. But the, the, the debate and controversy that moment sparks uh, because the man did something that literally like it defied the laws of physics um, in the middle of a game. And it was, and it happened live for all the world to see. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you remember, you remember what you're doing when you saw it happen because you're just like, wait, did I, did I see that for real? (laughs) I need a replay. You know, it it was, it it was, it was absolutely, absolutely stunning. Uh, So on the field moment for me, um, just one of the, one one of the, one of the best of the season. Um, Similarly, uh, but not from a moment of quality, but from a moment of just sheer, uh, WTF is going on in the middle of a game. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Navicata goal at Crystal Pilot when even Navicata was surprised he scored that that half volley. <laughs> and, if, and everybody, like you know, nobody runs to congratulate him. You know, you know the the Palace players are they're, they look like they're they're stunned. The goalie looks like he's stunned. Everybody, nobody had an idea that he just did that. Um, so that that would be another one for me. And and you said uh, you're on the pitch moment. Do you have an off the pitch moment? Oh, the off the pitch moment is the moment Rafa Benitez got appointed at Everton. That was that was that <laughs> <laughs> was that was that was that was just beautiful. The meltdown, you know, that was for the first in my life. I found myself searching out uh, Everton YouTube channels just so I was like, I just I just want to hear it. I just I just got to see. I just got to see what they're saying. Um, you know, I, I I regularly go back and watch. You know, after uh, United has bad performances, I go and watch their fan channels and see what they're saying. And you know, that's my I've been a Schadenfreude every week, thankfully, since they've been terrible. But that particular moment was was just so it so encapsulated everything I knew about Everton in that moment. It was just wonderful. It was so wonderful. Well, yeah, I have to say, my you kind of Tiago was one of my moments on on field moments. Um, but with the week that's in it, and um, we did we did the show uh, midweek, Gav, and the lads did the show midweek. I'd have to say, uh, Arigi's winner um, against Wolves, and it just looked like it was just going to creep away. And I have to say, I'll, I'll go with that second to Tiago. And I think maybe my um, off the field highlight of the year has to be Klopp. I'm probably going to rob somebody else's there. I'm hope. Oh, look at Matt. Um, so Klopp signing the deal. Um, if I had to, if I had to pick one between the two, it would have to be Klopp. All the trophies that we've won this season, the two cups, the nail biting, all the way to penalties. Um, for me, still, I think that contract being signed. Um, is my highlight of the season um, for Liverpool. Matt, what about yourself? 
I mean, my on-the-field highlight would have to be 0-5 Liverpool at Old Trafford. Uh, I was driving back from Montreal. The missus and I were up for a weekend trip away, and I was like, I got to watch the game. So I'm sitting in the passenger seat of the car watching it, and it's just goal after goal after goal. And it was was unbelievable. I should have found a supporters bar in Montreal and went and watched it with them. But, uh, like, it's it's a game that will live long in – the history of this club like you don't just go to your biggest rivals ground and s- just smack them all over the place five nothing uh and i don't know if this technically counts as an off the field moment because it did happen on the field but it wasn't football related i i got a huge giggle out of the guy that ran onto goodison park and zip tied his neck around the goalpost. <laughs> that guy that guy made me giggle and how long it took the guys at goodison park <laughs> to figure out how to get this zip tie off of his neck without killing this poor kid I mean, he did good. He stopped the game. He got his message out there, I guess. But it was it, everything about it because Everton at the time were a total shambles. So it was it was very fitting. It, it really made me laugh. Yeah, any anything to add to those moments? Um, you, the, the lads have covered really good ones. In fairness, <laughs> um, we destroy you know you at Old Trafford, um, you know because they're just not very good. But the one at Anfield was very, very good as well, though. You know, all, all the build-up was, was United pundits or pundits that have, you know, ties to Manchester United saying United need to keep it tight and United, United need to do this and United, and they don't do any of it. And Liverpool come out and score after four minutes, I think it is, um, Luis Diaz. And we absolutely dominate them. Absolutely dominate them from start to finish in that game. And, and it's... You know, it's it's so, so good. I think Salah's goal against City and then he follows her up a week later away to Watford is, is ridiculous. Um, there's been so many good moments. Like, and like, It's not like you don't have loads to choose from because we have, we've played games every three days, it feels like, for about nine months. You know, it just has not stopped. And the team have been phenomenal. Um, the memory, like, pe- people keep asking, you know, if you don't win on Saturday, is it is it, you know, a disappointing season? And you're like, look, have a think about all the memories you can pull up of this season, how enjoyable it's been. You know, okay, you you might win all four trophies, you might win three, um, but you've won two. And regardless of what way supporters of other clubs want to paint it, like, oh, their penalty shootouts and this, that, and the other. Listen, would they turn it down? No. So disregard them. They're, they're not worth listening to. On the pitch, there's been so much. Um, there, there really, really has. I really enjoyed the game at Southampton last week. Um, I know it's not one of the most ho- high-profile things, but but to go a goal down and to come back and get the win, it, it just it just showed what Liverpool are all about. You know what? Really at the back nine end changes. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. Just to change, more or less change the whole team. Bar Allison and somebody else. I think I can't remember who Canate. else. <laughs> yeah, Allison and Canate, and and go out and win that game. Um, when everyone around you wants you to drop points so they can all talk about City for a week solid before the season's over. So on the pitch, it's been brilliant. I think you're spot on off the pitch. You know, Klopp signing the deal, I think, is is just the best news out of it all. Um, it probably, I don't, it probably could top any trophy we'd win this season or what we achieved this season because that's the one you really, really wanted. So I think it's hard to top the Klopp one. It's it really is. It just shows where the club is going, the plans they have in place, and you can rest easy for four years now instead of two. So 
instead of worrying for two years, we can take two years off and start worrying in 2024. So, because that's how we work. Um, but look, it's been an absolutely fantastic season. It's, you know, the excitement, the goals, um, the ups, some downs, um, how close we came, um, the pride in the team. It's, it's just been, it's been absolutely amazing. And, you know, we're going to do this show tonight. We're going to do, they're going, the lads are going to do a preview tomorrow night on the Champions League. We're going to take a night off on the Champions League night because no one should work on Champions League night. And we'll be back on Sunday and Sunday will bring a close to the season, regardless of how, how good or bad it goes on Saturday night. And when, when we, when us lads sit down on Sunday night to do the show, I'm sure we go back through our own highlights as well. And like, we could be there all night. We, we just could, Emma. And, you know. I, I, I think 10 years ago, if we did this show, everybody would have the same highlight because it was probably so few of them. Um, it's amazing. It's a testament to the actual season that we've had where everybody can come up with their own. There's so many, like you said, Gav, there's so many that it's even hard to pick one out. Or even when I give mine and then Matt gives his and you go, oh, actually, do you know what? I actually forget about that. Yeah. Um, but it is a testament to the I think, season. I, I think Ron, mentioned, Ron mentions there, I think it was Ron mentioned, <clears throat> Rafa Benitez getting the Everton job like one of the highlights of the season is possibly going there and winning 4-1 and literally they're walking out after 20 minutes and Liverpool the Liverpool end are singing Rafa Benitez songs like on a loop you know having the time of their lives you know if you can't get if you, if, you, if that's not just one of the highs of the season what are you doing in this game you know you go to your local rivals right and you, you slap them around 4-1 Right, their manager they absolutely despise. They're leaving the ground on twenty minutes when Salah scores, and you're singing. This you're actually lovingly singing the name of the opposition's manager, while they absolutely fume for ninety minutes plus. It, it's just like you, you've hit a peak. On a par with that, and it's again uh, with Ron saying, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, Matt was saying uh, uh, the United result. Um, Ali at the wheel. Oh, and one of the best videos one of the best videos is like a, a, isn't it a guy like I think he's on his phone and he's near the touchline and he's pointing this camera up at the Liverpool fans while he's seeing this and there's a guy in front of the camera and everyone is convinced he's a Liverpool fan because he's standing there and he's looking and he's kind of half smirking at, at it but he doesn't want to go too far because he's in the United end and um, people are like, this went across Twitter for for days, like definitely, definitely a red, definitely a red. And if you can get a chance to go back and watch it, he's a tall, stocky guy, bl- black hair. And he's he's trying to kind of look like his shoulders are sinking because Liverpool fans are having a great time talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But just, you can see a smirk just appearing. And yeah, and that kind of makes it as well. Like, just like, man, going to Old Trafford and singing Ollie's at the wheel for like fucking 70 minutes. You know, it's just <laughs> fantastic stuff. At the uh, cut between I, Alex Ferguson's face and Kenny Dalglish's face yeah. in that game, like that's that's the one moment from that game that I will remember forever. Is just how s- just down and broken he is, and then Kenny just giggling his fucking tits <laughs> off. <It's- laughs> like we said, so so many, but just even just uh, a couple more, maybe even from the comments. You've got Dylan O'Rourke said that Tacky's equaliser against Leicester in the League Cup. Great show. Um, Hannah sure. says uh, Ronaldo's goal getting ruled out by VAR at the, at the 5-0 victory, which was just the icing on the cake. Mm. And in terms of Thiago's goal, Kevin O'Sullivan can confirm that it kissed the tips of the blades Didn't. of grass. Don't mind him. <laughs> uh, Veranda Cheese is very impressed with Matt sinking Guinness. He loves it. 
um, which is which is cool. Red Steve says the best off the pitch moment is the man on football around the world team tune, and you can't convince me otherwise unless that's from last season. No, that's from this season. The man on football show around the world team tune is absolutely brilliant. That's not the real name of the podcast, but that's what we're going. With, but it, it is the uh, it's best. Not as good as the old winners and losers. That one was the old winners brilliant. and losers was amazing. The new winners <laughs> so and losers, bad. but the, the new winners and it's losers good. really upsets people, which I'm all for. So I leave it there. But the man on football show or um football or in the world team tune is yeah it's it's a different level it, it ron touched on it there as well is that um with the the, the fan tvs i think my, united's fan tv completely took over from arsenal tv uh this season and not not allowing the actual victories against manchester united it's when you're actually flicking through the videos or people are sending your videos into your whatsapp and you have uh, what's your man's name? Goldbridge, and he's absolutely oh. gone bananas. Um, that they his were. His meltdowns are epic. I said his, yeah. his meltdowns are epic. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good at them. Um, but the one thing I would say from him is that like he speaks a lot of sense when he's having the meltdown. Like it's not just complete and utter madness. He, he actually speaks a lot of sense. So, um, uh, but look. I'm, It'll take some beating to be AFTV. Genuinely yeah. will. Arsenal fan TV is just bananas. Um, it's so mental, you know. Um, there's a guy on there. Um, he's the guy that wears all the headphones. Like, I always forget his name. But like, oh, Ty. He just refuses to criticise them. No matter how yeah, bad they are. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. And you know what? I actually, I think I, I think I like him for it because. <laughs> well, he's well, he's sitting there and he's like, well, you know, and he's he's trying to find excuses everywhere, and people are going spare at him in the same room, shouting at him from like four feet away. You cannot do this. You cannot protect him. You cannot. And he's like, well, hold on, hold on. It's like he's definitely there winding people up, but it's it's absolutely sensational. I think he, I think he was on that show on that Sky deal with Carragher, Neville, and Keane. It's kind of like a oh, the, like old, a the overlap show. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and he had a, I think he had a run in with Carragher and Neville. Um, but just um, on, just last word on the highlights of the season. Tom Bowling reckons the highlight of the season is coming on Saturday. Yeah, could do. <laughs> could do. I won't argue with it. Absolutely. Okay, so, <laughs> so, Matt, when we spoke to you during the week, you said something that I've actually been feeling myself. So, um, you were talking about the change of. Um, opinion or outlook, um, not your own in, in general, but I think you have seen it throughout the, the fan base as a whole as well. And I think you kind of you kind of held 13, 14 up on some sort of pedestal. And um, this team has now changed your view or your outlook on, um, on Liverpool as a whole. So maybe go into a bit of detail on the thinker behind that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that 13-14 season, like getting games in Canada a decade ago was just, it was a lottery. You'd maybe get one Premier League game a week. But around 13-14 is when the pirate sites all just exploded across the internet. And I was able to watch every single game and not miss a minute of that season. And, you know, to come that close and lose it in that fashion. And just like when I watched the highlights of Suarez from that season, like it just... It always has made me happy, but, you know, you rue coming up short. And as much as we love Suarez on the pitch, the guy's a bit of a prick. 
I mean, you don't get suspended multiple times for biting and racism and not be a prick. And so it was always kind of hard to reconcile how much I loved that team and what especially Suarez brought to it with the fact that he's he's not really a great character in the history of this team. Like, if you put his character next to Jordan Henderson's, it's not even close. Like, football ability-wise, there might be polar opposites, but Jordan Henderson is built out of character, whereas Luis Suarez is always a bit dodgy. So this year, to kind of come close and miss it again, it's, it's going to just replace that 13-14 for me and everything about this team. We don't have Brendan Rodgers as our, as our coach. You know, there's a massive upgrade at every position pretty much on the pitch with the exception of Suarez because and Gerard. But I mean, 13, 14, Gerard was already getting pretty close to the end. So, like, it's just it's allowed me to put that season in the past and not put it on some pedestal of being like, oh, that was such a great season. I wish, I wish, I wish we can now replace it with that. And then it's what you were saying about Klopp signing that extension is when he signed that deal and it moved it forward to another four years. All of my worries just disappeared. There's no missing out anymore because we're just going to go again. We're just going to go again. And then to have two finals go to penalties and have the season go down to that last 15, 20 minutes of game week 38 and have it all be in the balance for the players, for the supporters, everybody, we've just been battle-hardened. It was like high-altitude training. So we're going into a Champions League final in 36 hours' time and I'm not that nervous about it. I'm supremely confident in the team. And I know that they're all going to be extremely confident as well. So it's just amazing how much this season across the board has just all the doubts I've had about this team are just gone. And it's just it's full faith in Klopp and the team that he's put together. I think we have spoken. You've said and I said myself as well, Gav, that. 08, 09 and uh, 13, 14 felt like. This is our this is our chance. It could be our only chance. Um, and when you don't do it, and, and when you miss out, um, like Matt says, you are devastated. Um, but this is different now, isn't it? It's, it's just. Uh, I when this topic came up earlier, I was actually having to think about it um, this afternoon, and it goes way beyond that. It goes like, look, I get the thirteen fourteen season. Probably up until this season was probably still my favourite Liverpool season in a long, long time because it was bonkers. And Kevin Sullivan says it in the chat. It was built on it was built on sand, you know. But and you knew when it was over, you know. Once Suarez goes and Roy Hodgson calls up Daniel Sturridge that August for an, in after um, we played two league games, ones away at Spurs, I think, and he called Sturridge up and he specifically told to use Sturridge um, in a certain way and. He has training regimes and Hodgson just ignores them. Sturridge gets injured and it's game over for Liverpool that season. Um, you know, and obviously Klopp comes in later on. That um, No, he doesn't. He comes in the season after. But 13-14 was amazing. But I think it goes beyond that. And, and I was really looking at change in mindset because I've been watching Liverpool since 86, right? And up until Liverpool win the league in 1990, right? Um you just think Liverpool are just going to be like this forever. You know, I know United fans of a certain age that thought they'd just go on forever and they can't understand the last 10 years. They can't, can't wrap their head around it. And that's why you'll see a lot, a lot of Liverpool fans going, you remind me of us. And people go, no, 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 we're, United just refuse to be like that But when they actually are. But the changes of mindset are mad because up until 1990, Liverpool just, for me, were invincible. They'd just never be not at the top. 
and I think Liverpool fans held on to that to probably around 96. I think the FA Cup final defeat in 96 is huge because that, you know, it's six years since we've won a title. We'd won the Cup in 92. We'd won the League Cup in 95. And you're kind of going, right, that'll be the next springboard for the next Liverpool team. And it doesn't happen. They get beaten in the 96 Cup final. And it's probably till 2001 where you really see Liverpool really strong again, if you know what I mean. And... The doubts kind of start to really get in there around, for me, 96, 97. It's kind of a false dawn in 2001. And then from there on in, it's like, oh, we're really good. But in the back of your mind, you're sitting at home going, this is going to end badly. And that went on from probably early 2000s right up until probably 2000. And I would say, I would still say, even after the European Cup win in 2019, on a league basis, you know. But now I think we're coming out of that again. And I think I've seen it. I've seen a drop off massively in people going, "Oh, something's going to go wrong." with Liverpool Football Club because he had been programmed to that for the last twenty years. But now I think it's disappearing again. There's so there's very few people I see now where they go. Liverpool are brilliant. We're going to this weekend. Oh, something's going to go wrong because we're Liverpool. It's not. There's a real confidence within a fan base now that not only because of the players we have, the manager we have, the setup we have, the future we have in front of us, the way we recruit. Everything I said it the other night, we are so so well set up as a football club on every single level. Stuff you see on weekly weekly basis, stuff you see on a daily basis, the stuff you never see. We're so well set up. And I think what you're seeing now is probably what you've seen in the mid to late eighties, where it's just supreme confidence in everything we're going to do. And that is a huge change of mindset for me, especially when you look back to Liverpool from I would say the late 90s through to, as I say, the close to the end of the last decade, with a few exceptions thrown in. I, I fully agree with you, Gav, because uh, me and yourself are of the same vintage. Uh, mm. The two boys down the bottom there, um, they didn't have as many barren years, but they have gone through barren years. And what Gav says there, Ron, is right. All the way up until we actually win the league, there's still that kind of thing in the back of your head and I'm not talking about a Manchester United fan standing behind you telling you it's going to go wrong but you did doubt it I did I, I'll i say that I went into every season um, saying that we're going to win the league but you kind of <laughs> got used to it being over by February um, I wouldn't say it too loud I'd say it in my head um, is that the way you're feeling about this side now as well Ron has your mindset changed compared to well since 20, 2005 to now Absolutely. Um, and I can tell you, I think for me, I think the, I think there's two stages to that mindset turning. There's the actual proof, proof of actually winning it in 2000, in that season, 2019, where, you know, absolutely, absolutely, you know, now you're finally over the hump. But being able to accept the fact that you need to start trusting more comes for me in the 17-18 the season. You know, because that's, you know, 14 was its own particular roller coaster, and I was gutted when we lost it, particularly in the manner. So, but you go into 2017, 2018, you've got a new signing in Mohamed Salah. You don't really know how that's going to work. We're, we'll see how things go. We've got, we've got Mane. He's, 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 he's been holding us over. Um, team starting to take, you know, Klopp's vision is starting to take shape a little bit. Not really sure how all this is going to play out, but, you know, you, you want to believe, but, History tells you not to, right? And then that 17 to 18 team goes on an absolute tear at times, giving you an absolute roller coaster ride from game to game to game. 
you know, winning game, winning games in the last second, four, three, you know, just, just all kinds of scenarios like that. But it, what was underpinning it was the idea that we are, we are moving on to something here. Like this isn't, it, you start to accept the fact that, you know, maybe you should just, maybe you should just trust in what's being built here because we're starting to turn the corner. We're, 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 blo- we're picking up more wins and, and picking up and blowing out teams more often than we ever have before. We've got the, we've got the, we've, we just got a gold boot winner out of this season. You know, you know, sky's the limit. So let's see, let, you know, why not? If you're not going to, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be open to the idea that, you know, it's time to be a little bit more optimistic. When, when would you start thinking that? So that, that that's where the seed kind of gets planted for me is that 17, 18 season. And then you get into 18, 19, um, run it close. Get the champions, you know, get the Champions League final. Don't, actually, you know, all those things that happen with that. Uh, so it's to me that that's kind of where the, it, it started, and then now is just being able to bask in bask in, in, in the in the beauty of it. So much so that you know, now you know, a team line team lineup comes out. I remember, you know, even watching the day trippers back years ago when lines would come out. You know, the whole show could be just a debate on the lineup. You know, it, it just because of, you know, you're not sure who's going to do what. There's about 15 different opinions on whether or not Ricky's going to give you a turgid performance or he's actually going to come up with a winner, you know, like, and they were all legitimate points. And, you know, and it was wrought with not only the fact, but also feeling. So, you know, that, that's there. But now, you know, you could, you know, you can have debates over the lineup, but, you know, the debates are usually in it when someone says, yeah, but, you know, I trust Klopp. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I trust Clap to get it right. Never mind. You know, so that that to me, that's a, that, that's a beautiful place to be in. And can I ask you, Gav, as well? Um, do you feel that at any time between the last league title thirty years ago, was there any stage through that time that you felt maybe I, for me, maybe around about the Benitez era, but did it ever feel that we were building? Similar to what we've built, like Ron says, since 2017, 2018. Um, in hindsight, no. You know, you, you can just see the path at, at, at Liverpool, especially when Klopp comes in. And, you know, you look like he's so brave when he comes in because he could easily just knock the Europa League on the head and say, listen, just let's go and try to get Europa League football or you may be squeezing the Champions League, but it would have been difficult, but he doesn't. He says, look, now we've finished eight in the league, I'm not bothered, um, but let's go for the Europa League. And it doesn't work out, but he's so brave. But then when you see the summer of um, 2016, I think it is, I think he brings in, I think that's when he brings in Wijnaldum as well. Mane, definitely, just probably more, just definitely more. But, um, you know, like you could see the building of it and you could see what he was putting in place. And, and, you knew he had a clear vision because in the summer of 2000, uh, or sorry, the January of 2016, yeah, um, there's so many years going in through my head now. The summer, or the, the January of 2016, people are like, oh, we'll sign a player. We'll definitely bring in a player. He brings in the, the guy from, was it QPR? Um, the centre-back who he just plays Parker. up front. Oh, yeah. And he just yeah. Plays and he just throws him up front for 10 minutes every couple of games <laughs> and it's like, this is great. You know, and people are like, what is he at? And like, there was like, and that's going back to people losing their mind. People are losing their mind at this. What sort of manager is this? He's bringing this guy in on loan and he's throwing him up front. He's a fucking centre half and I'm like, ah, look, what? why not? Sure, we've been fucking miserable for the last how, how long? This is this is a bit of fun. Um, but, but um, no, uh, like, when you look at mid-90s and you look at the likes of Fowler, you look at McManaman, 
um, Collymore because Collymore was some player. Let me tell you that he was some player. Um, and you look at that, and you had the midfield and Paul into ninety seven, I think he signed, and people are like that's the final piece of the jigsaw. But it was, but that always felt like it was a built. It wasn't built on a solid backline, and you were looking for your attacking players to really hurt teams, and that's what hurts us in the end. Like you know, people go on about Newcastle United around ninety five to ninety seven, absolutely scrapping for for league titles. Liverpool were right in them, only for they done themselves over, um, with silly losses away at the likes of Coventry and stuff like that. And when it went on, Benitez tried to build, but he was restricted in what he could spend from the very beginning. Really, he signs Torres for a lot of money. He's, he makes some big signings, but you have Manchester United around, and then Chelsea rock up in two thousand and four at the same time as them, and they are just throwing money away as if as if like people have never seen this before. People are, when Chelsea started this, people are like, "What is going on?" Like Damien Duff, big money, um, Drogba, big money, um, Michael Essien, big money, like just money everywhere, you know, and. Benitez done his best. Oh eight, oh nine. Once it didn't happen, then I thought it was over for him. I thought he, he he's with the situation he was in and the owners, and we won't go into them. But while he was in there, you knew it was going to be so hard for him. You know, Rogers Rogers starts to build something, but I think his own ego hurts him in the end, um, and his relationship with players hurts him, and that's never going to happen. But Klopp is just different, and I keep saying it. He's the biggest and best manager we've had since Bob Paisley. Bob Paisley hasn't been at this club since 1983, right? Um, he's not the biggest, I keep saying he's not the biggest influence around the club, Kenny Daglish is, for me, and always will be. Um, but Klopp is just different. And, and it, the way it's been, it's, it, you see, Emma, if we, if we if we weren't really great, say for argument's sake, we, we lose that Europa League final in 2016, right? And what we do in 2000 and, 19 we do in the following season people will go oh it's a flash in the pan but what you've seen is is being built season on season points get we make top four what do we do then we get a european cup final right we lose it but we get top four again right then we go on we do 97 points and people think that's the pinnacle what do we do we win a european cup what do we do after that we go and do 99 points and we're genuinely drunk for the last seven games Right, so we could have easily, for me, put 107 points on the board, 108 points, no problem. Right, we're genuinely drunk for seven games. We have a problem last season. Klopp looks low, and everyone does for issues on and off the pitch in personal lives and stuff. And what did he do? They come back again, and they do 92 points. Is it good enough in the end? No, but it's still it's 92, 97, and 99 points in three of the last four seasons. It's a European Cup final. In the la- in four seasons ago, now right, it's a it's a European Cup win. We've won and won European Super Cups, Club World Cups, a League title, an FA Cup, a League Cup, and they just keep coming back. So the answer, quite simply, is no, because no one else has done this before them in in that time since nineteen ninety. Nobody. So I always felt we were we were we were set up for like an attack on the league. We were never. I just I just felt like. If we, if we, it never felt as though if we were to get close, so like 08, 09, and then 13, 14, it never actually felt that if we had have won the league in either of those years, that we were going to have the ability to then push on. And I think you mentioned it's probably to do with the likes of the backing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I never, I always thought that it would be like they're trying to, others try to claim now is that it's a, it's a one off. 
Mm. Now it's definitely not a one-off. But back then, I think if we had have won the league in either of those seasons, that it probably would have been a one-off. Um, yeah. we, we weren't like, like I, I think Kev said, it was built on sand. So yeah, you go and you win it. But like, I just don't, I didn't see us coming back the next year and going on a run to try and retain it. It was no, always going to be just that one-off. Yeah, because I keep going back to it. Right now for me, Liverpool are a 9.5 out of 10 club. Right, the only things that makes him a ten out of ten club, and I'd actually dock marks for this, but what actually makes him a ten out of ten club is if you brought in money from the Middle East, right, or some American comes along and says I I'm worth fifty billion quid and I'm putting ten billion quid into Liverpool's account tomorrow and I'm the new owner, right? That's what makes him a ten out of ten club, right? I I would dock points for that because at this stage like I'm, I'm actually starting to wonder whether you should take the likes of um, Man City and soon to be Newcastle seriously um, as football clubs that's just my thing right um, but when you look back to that to them times Liverpool weren't nowhere near a 10 out of 10 club they weren't a 9 out of 10 club they weren't even a 7 out of 10 club and what Benitez um, in 08 09 and Rodgers in fairness to him in 13 and 14 they were squeezing everything out they could out of a 7 out of 10 club. Right? That's what they were doing. Now, Klopp is squeezing everything out of a neon perfect club. And it's, that's probably the reason why you would you would sit here and go, regardless of Saturday, we all want to win. We know that. And writing off Real Madrid is mental. Um, it's going to be a massive game. It's going to be really tight, in my opinion. And anyone could win it. Um, but regardless of that, we will sit here in a month's time on this show in mid-June or wherever it might be, late June, and we will all sit there and go, oh yeah, no, I think we'll be good next season. Because all the evidence is there. All the evidence is there. And it actually takes us to play 21 different centre-back partnerships right, for teams to be have the ability to have a goal us. That's the truth. That is the truth. You know, so... For me, and, and realistically, without winning anything that year, I felt toward was nearly like winning something from to, to come from where we were to go through what we had gone through, and to then still finish up in third place last season. Yeah, um, and was and, as big as a win. Yeah, and and you know, I think that season probably annoyed um, pundits that wouldn't like Liverpool as much as probably winning the league did, because they wanted <laughs> us to be hurt and be down and probably end up fifth and they're not in the Champions League and that that stops the momentum we didn't allow it it's 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 the best I think it's one of the best if not the best run clubs in the in, in the world yeah. I, I'd agree so you spoke obviously about the game on Saturday so massive going for number seven in Paris this Saturday against Real Madrid Matt I'll come to you first how do you see it going I, I mean, I just said a few minutes ago that I'm supremely confident. Like, I, to me, the only toss-up in terms of, and we're going to get on to lineups, is who partners Van Dyke. Presuming that Thiago's healthy enough to play, I think we've all pretty much got the exact same teams with the exception of who plays beside Van Dyke. And regardless of whether it's Matthew Perconate, I, I get the feeling they're not going to score. I think Allison is going to play like Allison plays, which is 9 out of 10 if not 10 out of 10. And I think that the whole coaching staff is going to know that Carlo Ancelotti's game plan is going to be what they tried to do against us the last time we played them and they beat us in the quarterfinals, which is get that ball into the channel over Trent, 
and try to exploit that space. And I think if we come into it with a little bit more or a little bit less naivete about what they're going to do, because they've shown us what they're going to do. That's how they beat us. And it wasn't that long ago that they beat us. Now, you know, different defense, obviously. And that stands in our favor. So, uh, yeah, I'm liking the 2-0. I I think we're going to control the game, get a nice goal in the first half an hour perhaps, and then seal it late. But I I think that this team is – it goes back to what we were saying about the change in mindset. And it's a a saying they have for the NFL. It's defense wins championships. And if you look at the defense that this team has assembled – the one year that we had extremely poor results, the reason for that, our whole defense was hurt. And now all of our defense is fit and firing and everybody is playing at just about the peak of their powers. Uh, yeah, it's, I got to think we're going to win because I can't take another fucking penalty shootout. That's, <laughs> that, that is torturous. So, um, what, I, what I actually found interesting the other day as I watched the Carlo Ancelotti um, interview and he made a statement, and then I thought back to their games against City and also then their games against um, Chelsea. And what he said was he feels it will be decided by the players that finish the game on the pitch rather than the players that start the game. So, And we've all seen how they came back against City. They also came back against Chelsea as well with uh, bringing on the likes of Camavinga, Rodrigo, stuff like that. And um, How much... Or how much would you actually read into that run? Is he playing morning games or is he literally just telling us what we know? Uh, a bit of both, uh, in my opinion. Um, I think I think it's I think it's clever on the one end in the sense that um, you know, it's giving us a bit to think about because you know, one thing if, if Madrid if Madrid have anything is that they have is they have ways of it, right? Um, we know we know that back line that they have is, is can be porous at times, but uh, going forward, you know they've got the quality to hurt anybody, it, it, you know, in a, ran, in, a, in a random moment. So, give, hinting that you know he might have a particular sub or a particular game plan game plan for a sub in mind late in the second half uh, might be you know a way to get us thinking and being a little bit tepid. But um, I think. Where all this, all of it falls down, is the fact that yeah, they might be able to do that. But the most important thing that we have uh, as Liverpool is we have the ability to take the game away uh, before it gets to that point, um, because we have the quality up front, uh, we have the quality in the midfield to, to to go ahead and snatch a game away from a team. We haven't done it in recent weeks for for a variety of re- for a variety of reasons, but we always carry that threat. Um, so, you know, I think. I think he's doing, and his, his that bit of mind gameplay is, is 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 doing his level best to try to rake in any half a percent advantage he can think of because he knows um, a motivated Liverpool in a final uh, guided by Jurgen Klopp, uh, they could they could wake up in t- at, at twenty minutes twenty minutes gone and, and realize they no longer have a final to play for. So yeah. And that's actually a very good point that you made there, Ron, because as we see with City, City should have been honed and housed in both legs of the semifinal. Um, they should have had eight by halftime, just about. Like they, <laughs> they, waste, they, they completely threw it away. I mean, I will take every opportunity to laugh at Man City as possible, but they, they should have had at least five goals in the first half of the first leg of that tie against Real Madrid. They just were totally wasteful. Gav, is, is what Ron says right? We have the ability 
to put them to the sword for the first 20 minutes. And kind of nearly with what I said about Ancelotti, what 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 does he get from saying that? Is he does it feel like he's gonna go? We know that the midfield was absolutely excellent. They're not the youngest or they're not the spring chickens. Is he saying that he'll go out, he'll try and control the game, try and tire us out, and then bring on the likes of Camavinga, Rodrigo, etc. Um, because I just thought it was telling when he said that he thinks it'll be more important that the players that finish the game rather than start the game. Um, do we go away? Do we go out and try and blitz them or do they try and contain us to tire us out? Listen, it, it, Carlo Ancelotti, I think he's a really lovely fella. I, I really like him. Um, this, even even with the Everton stuff, I really like him. Um, and he's, he's, he's a bona fide legendary manager. There's no doubt about it. I agree with the lads, though. Like, he's he's going to come out and say that, right? Because I think if he gets into a game of tennis with Liverpool and makes this up and down, up and down, I don't think he can win the game. Um, I think if Fabinho, Thiago, and, say, Henderson start in midfield and you have the likes of air fullbacks ready to go um, and you have our front three, who we think our front three is going to be, we'll get onto that in a bit, I think we outrun them. I think we overrun them, and I think, and not even overrun them. I think a game becomes stretched, and I think if if a game becomes stretched, I'll back air defence over there. Carvajal, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Militao, 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 Nacho. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think they leave too much space for people to walk in, and if you leave this team in space, um, you're in serious trouble. Um, the majority of the time. He has got players that can come off the bench. I think, in fairness, like Ancelotti's probably going into this thinking he could control the game because let's be honest, Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric can control the game on their own because they they're really good footballers. They play all the angles, they play all the balls that are the right balls that are to be played, and they'll keep the ball away from me and while progressing up the pitch in in a in a really obvious but hard to stop kind of way. They have got threats on the break. Uh, Vinicius is most definitely one. He'll probably play. Um, you that guy on the right he's, he's a bit Valverde. Valverde. Valverde yeah he'd probably play him on the right I think um, simply just for a bit of balance and a bit of walk right down that right hand side um, but look Emmett how much how much attention is Jurgen Klopp saying taken to Mar- Carlo Ancelotti in a news conference saying the, the players that finish on the pitch will be more important than the ones that start it's actually a really obvious statement to make you know <laughs> like like, mm-hmm. it, like a fella that plays the first half and is sitting there when it gets to the end and you're fighting to hold on to a lead he's not having a fucking bur- anything to do with it so of course the fella that's on the pitch is having more of an effect I know where he's coming from but I, look I don't think Klopp and his st- staff would have looked around with it up and down Endless amount of times at this stage. So much video work. You know, there's, I would say they're looking and they're saying, right, how do we stop Vinicius getting any sort of space? Because he's their outlet most of the time. Benzema is brilliant. Um, but you'll just have to back your centre-halves to look after him. And by some, most of the time looking after him is is shutting down Vinicius, you know. Um, but look, we don't even know who's going to play for them. They have got players that can come off the bench, like you've mentioned, you know. But so have we. Like if, if you name, we'll do it in a minute, I'd say, we'll name a team. But then if you actually name the bench and who can come off the bench and affect the game for us, you know, it, it, there's loads of names there that can do it. 
if it's a tactic that I, I, I and I think, look, obviously, I was, I was. If it's a tactic that he's going to look to play, it's a really dangerous tactic to play. You saw it against City in both legs; they could have absolutely hammered them. Um, and I think that we would be slightly more dangerous than what City would be um, if given, like you said, the space. So I think it is a dangerous game that he's going to play. And I think that if we go at them and we have the same type of joy against them, that we have to be making sure that the, the chances can You've seen them come back. Um, so we need to, if we get the chances, be clinical and take the chances. Mm. Um, because... I'm not as I'm not as confident as Matt saying I think that they won't score. I just have this horrible feeling that they will score. I'll give you my prediction in a few minutes. Um, but I just think that we have probably over the last while been a little bit I wanna say gun shy in front of goal, but we've probably not taken our chances. Um t- taking the chances that we should. I just think we need to see a return on Saturday night to us being like absolutely lethal in front of goal, and we can. And like you said, we've got players there that can be lethal in front of goal. We've got players that, if they aren't doing it, we've got players that can come on from the bench and be lethal in front of goal. But I just think it's going to be one of those games there where, when you get your chances, you need to take your chances. One hundred percent. So, like you said, we'll move on to uh, lineups. So, Matt, you uh, kind of nearly gave the game away there and said we all nearly have the same lineup. So, give us. Give us your lineup there, and um, you've given us the score. You've haven't given us the scorers. You know the rules, so yeah, lineup and scorers. It's I can't be the only person that's taken in a lot of uh, Liverpool related content this week, and it seems like pretty much everybody's picking about the same team. So my lineup is uh, Allison and goal, Trent, Virgil, Canate, Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Diaz, Mane, Salah. Uh, I just. I just get the feeling that that extra little bit of pace, the extra little bit of strength that Kanate has, and when I picture Vinicius going past Trent and getting into Matip versus getting into Kanate, I feel more comfortable with it being Kanate that he gets into because I feel that he'll be able to handle him. Joel's a little bit gangly. It goes, you know, it's great when he's going forward, not so good when he's going backwards sort of thing. Uh, and since – I wrote it down here somewhere. Since the uh, – the third group game of the Champions League, Kanate has played every Champions League game except for the only one that we've lost. So Klopp has consistently gone back to Kanate for the Champions League again and again, and I just think his qualities uh, push him over. And I think that Thiago would have to have a leg amputated for him not to play this game. Uh, the fact that he was out in training at all, that just that sealed it for me, that if he's in that training at all, he'll start. We've got five subs. If he can only do 45 minutes or 60 minutes, we make the change and we can bring on Milner or Kaida to influence the game whatever way we need it to be. But, uh, yeah, and uh, the front three just picks itself, I think, at this point. And you're and, uh, your on 2-0. So I'm going with 2-0. I think there's going to be a corner for Virgil from the left side. Andy's going to swing one in and Virgil's going to plant his head on it. And then I think Mo to seal it off uh, in shades of Origi to let us celebrate for the last 10 or 15 minutes. Good stuff. Ron, your lineup, is it much different to Matt's? No, it's actually pretty similar. The uh, only, only change I have is I, I went for Matt Tip instead of Kanate, uh, purely on the fact that um, 
while I agree with all of Matt's points and he nearly sold me and almost changed my mind, but I, I'm sticking with Matt Tip only because of, uh, I think Matt Tip's the cooler head between the two. Um, he's also the older one, so that's to be expected. Um, and I think, and I think that partnership that he has with, with Virgil, um, I think it's just so tried and tested that it's hard. It's, it's like, it's almost like a security blanket. It's, it's hard to walk away from it in a, in a, in a pressure situation. Uh, so I, I've gone there. Um, my scores, however, are a little different. Uh, I have Mane to get the first goal. Uh, I have us going overall. Let me start there. The score prediction I have is 3-1 to Liverpool. Mane with the first. Uh, Benzema scoring their first um, and only. And then Salah and uh, Matip, uh, my two, as the two final goal scorers. And is it a Matip Maisie or a Matip Hera? No, I'm Matt Tip Maisie. It's got, it's got, we got, it's got, we got, we got to have one more. We, we, you can't just, it's, 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 it's like, it's like a good pack of Chris. You can, you can't just have one. You've got to have more. You've got to have more. Craving another one. And, and Ron going one step further, not just naming the scorers, giving us the actual order that they're going to score in. Yeah. Um, Gav, would you, have similar to uh, Matt and Ron, or is it Matip or Kanate your kind of swear as well? Yeah, we look the Thiago one's interesting. You know, I, I like Matt's thinking on it that if he's in training at all, he, he has his eye on playing this game. It's a big decision for Klopp to make. You know, is if he's if he's not fully fit, do you risk him from the start? You know, because it, it could go badly wrong. You could be one. You could be a goal down, and you need to change him early because he's just not right. And I know you have five subs, but if if you've only four subs with seventy to go because he's just broken down, you know, is it worth the risk of the five subs? It's, there's loads of questions in your mind. Then again, you could start him. You could play sixty, and you bring him off. You could play ninety. You don't know what's going. You actually don't know how bad the injury is if it's just pain or if it's affecting his actual fitness to run around and play. Do you know that sort of way? Um, I don't know if he starts. I think it could be one way you go, right? If we're losing, he might come on. And if we're winning, he might come on. You know, or if it goes extra time, he's worth throwing on for 30. You know, the sort of way he's definitely worth having there for a penalty. Um, I'd probably lean towards Matip as well. But I've said this loads of times. Whoever, whichever one of them is picked, I'm not going to like give a second thought to. It's just going to be, ah, that's who's playing. Do the fella be on at some stage. Grant. Um, the only reason I would say, and a lot of people have pointed towards, you know, Kanate being there because if we're going to look to isolate Vinicius, you're going to need, Salah's not going to be involved there. He's going to be up the other end of the pitch trying to cheat because that's what he does. He cheats in his position. Um, Henderson's going to be pivotal. Um, we're giving Alexander Arnold a dig out, you know, um, and Matos probably a bit more organised for me. I know the pace is there from Kanate, but just Matos' positional sense and just his experience of knowing I'll go over there for a second. Or, but like I said, Kanate could, could play and Vinicius might try run him in the first hand and Kanate eats him alive and Vinicius goes into a shell for the rest of the game. You don't know. So I'm not. I'm, I'm easy enough centre-back. Um, midfield, I would have Thiago, uh, Fabinho, um, Henderson. Um, I think Fabinho will be absolutely fine. I think Henderson will start. Um and if Thiago doesn't, you'll see Kanate or you'll see Keita. Um But I feel a bit sorry for Keita. I think if we if we didn't see that massive threat down the left from Real Madrid, Keita might actually get in the team ahead of Henderson. Believe it or not. 
Um, and up front, yeah, I don't think Jota's been in the best of form, but he's liable to come on and do something. He's liable to come on and just bang one from anywhere. Um, <coughs> you have no Origi, so you'll probably see likes of a Minamino go on the bench. But I think Mane down the middle has been absolutely like our best player for the last six weeks. Um, I think Luis Diaz is just literally playing on the fly and it's brilliant. And it's actually going to be even better when he plays to um, proper instruction next season, believe it or not. And Salah has done a lot of talking ahead of this final with regards to who he wants to play. Um, you know, we're not done yet, this sort of stuff. So he has to come and prove himself. And he come on at the weekend and he scores. And I think he'd be absolutely gunning for this. My only concern is that Salah doesn't turn her into the Salah show because he has to redeem himself for four years ago. I want him to come on and be absolutely ruthless. And if that means that he has to square a pass like you do on FIFA to make sure you tap one in, or he has to blend one in the top corner from 30, fine. But don't, don't, I don't want him to end up being down a tunnel vision route where we're squandering those chances you've all spoken about that we need to take. So Salah turning up and just being prime Salah, where he can score an assist, great. Um, Mane, Diaz, uh, 2-0 Liverpool. Um, I don't know who gets the first goal. But I'll, I'll go with Mane. And I think Diaz scores in the second minute of injury time to seal it. Do you think Mane scores in the first five minutes, Gav? I so think I think I think, I think I think I think Mane <laughs> scores. I don't know when he scores, but Mane, Mane, but I, I just I texted Johnny and Keith about two weeks ago, and I just said to them, all I said in the text was, "Lewis Diaz Champions League final." That is all, and I left her at that. I have a feeling I don't know what it is. He just seems. To, do you know the way we're worrying about Vinicius and you know um, Rodrigo and all these sort of players? He he's better than the both of them. And he should be spoken up more. And I just have this vision in my head of Liverpool holding on and he just gets a ball. He makes a run, he gets a ball. He, he He's literally running from the halfway line chasing and he scores. I just have that in my head. I think I think Luis Diaz could be absolutely massive in this final. So I go 2-0, I go Mane and I go Luis Diaz. I've gone, I've gone the same. I've Everybody has the same bar, Matip and Kanate. I've gone Kanate. Um, but I could probably change that tomorrow to Matip. But like you said, Gav, when the lineup comes out, I won't really give a shit. Like either or will do me. But what you said there is, and it kind of got me thinking, and I think we probably spoke about this on a, on another show as well, is that I think the thinking behind either Matip or Kanate is whether Hendo starts or not. So if Hendo doesn't start, I think it's Kanate. If Hendo does start, he may go with Matip. Mm-hmm. In terms of Henderson does provide that little bit more kind of protection on Trent's side than maybe a, a Keita would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll hang my hat on Kanate. Um, I've gone 3 2 to oh, Liverpool. Well. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. When do we ever do things easy? So I do think it's going to be an absolute classic of a final. We'll come out on top 3 2. Um, I've got the front three, Salah, Mane and Diaz scoring. Okay. Um, I won't go out on a limb like Ron has and give him the give the order or say who's going to score for, for uh, Madrid, but I just think it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolutely excellent final. We will, I think we will possibly go into a two goal or possibly even a three goal lead and they'll be coming back at us like they have done in, in, in other legs and the semi-finals and stuff like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I definitely see us bringing home 
number seven anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, so look, that's an hour, uh, and it's actually flown by. I have to say, I've absolutely. Yeah, really I, I, was, I was dreading this, and uh, <laughs> Gav will tell you, but I've actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, we did have one last topic. We can just grab five minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron came up with it. I came up with it as well. It's the sheer and utter outrage and disgust from pundits, radio uh, presenters, uh, other fans of uh, Jurgen Klopp winning the LMA manager of the year and also the Premier League manager of the, well, of the season, sorry. Um, Ron, the disgust, justified or not? (laughs) Well, so the thing that, that, you hear you hear two arguments, and I'm not going to say where I heard them because it was mostly on Twitter and uh, fan channels uh, that might be that, that you know that are out there. But so they'll they'll say to you, it should have been Pep Guardiola for the for the for the Premier League. Fair enough, you won the league, no argument there. But they say, okay, and if it wasn't Pep, then it should have been somebody like the likes of Eddie Howe or somebody else like that. And they're like, so under that under your logic of why Pep should win it because he's the manager of the finish highest in the league. How could you then turn around and say somebody like Eddie Al, who wasn't even at his club a whole season, which should be, should be manager of the season. And you can pick holes in those arguments to everybody that fought. That's not Jurgen Klopp. If you're not going to say Pep Guardiola. So it's like the, 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 the ability for them to hold those two dichotomies in their head and think they're making sense to me is just beyond laughable, beyond laughable. Gav. He's dead, Roy. You're, you're, you're dying to come in there. He's, he's dead, Roy. He's absolutely dead, yeah. Roy. And you see, the thing is, um, David Moyes gets a mention, and he should get a mention. Don't I'm not I'm not knocking David Moyes. I think he's done a brilliant job this season. But why should he be Premier League manager this season? Because of what he's managed to do in the league, where other influences going on, i.e., the Europa League, and that's why Klopp wins it. It's not about it's not about where you finish in the Premier League. It's how you manage your side in the Premier League with everything encapsulated in it. You know, like, let, let me put it this way. <clears throat> Let's say Manchester United lose 10 players to long-term injuries at the very start of the season. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stays in, in the job for the whole season and finishes fourth. He 100% gets the Premier League manager this season because 10 of his first team players haven't played a game from and he's managed to get fourth. It's not about where you finish. That's... What's the point in an award? What's the point in voting on it? You know what I mean? Just whoever finishes top, just give it to them. And the funny thing is, like, Pep has moaned when he's won stuff and his players hasn't won an award. And, you know, then Liverpool win stuff and his players win an award and he doesn't open his mouth. You know, listen, it's all clickbait stuff. You know, oh, let's have a bit of outrage over this because all it's about nowadays is fueling some fire for people to argue over. You know, I've seen people going, oh, well, it's the Premier League. It really should be about the Premier League. Yeah, I know. But he's finished in the Premier League with this, this, and this going on. Yeah, that has to be brought into consideration. You know, it's like the time Wilder wins it. Wilder wins it, I think, the year we win the title. You know, he wins a a Manager of the Year award. Uh, uh, 2019, he won it. 2019. Was it 18, 19 he won it? Yeah, 1920. 1920. Overlapping center backs. Overlapping center backs. So he wins it, right? And there's no issue with that because he comes up and with what he has and where he finishes, it's a brilliant season. It's not about who finishes first. Listen, Mm -hmm. it's very simple. Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in the Premier League this season, right? 
because he's gone he's played he's gone to a European Cup final he's won a League Cup he's won an FA Cup and don't tell me that you can't bring these into consideration when you're considering your Premier League manager of the season because he's a manager of a team in the Premier League that have and he's got all of this out with him it's not just about where you finish in the league if that's the case just you know I don't know give Roy Hodgson the you know, 19th place medal um, for being 19. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. I the mean, fume, the f- listen, come here and I tell you. It doesn't matter what happens, right? If Klopp went out and won the quadruple, okay, and they gave the Premier League manager of the season to him, somebody would turn around and say, oh, but what about um, David Moyes there? Thomas David, Frank. You know, something, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. So what, what they actually want you to do is they want you to only, when they're making the argument against them winning it, they want you just to consider the Premier League. Okay. But Eddie Howe, Shukari, Eddie Howe's only in the fucking job seven months. It's madness. You can't be the manager of the season if you haven't been there for the whole season. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be like fucking Jesse Marsh getting it. You know, if Jesse Marsh came in and won five games out of five to keep Leeds up, give him the manager of the season. It makes no sense. And it's all because people want to give out and nobody drives clicks and outrage like Liverpool Football Club. Always remember that when you're reading this shit. Do you know what I mean? Do you think if Klopp didn't get the award, there would be as much outrage from us Liverpool fans? No, I think Liverpool fans have kind of... um, They've kind of gone away from the whole individual... Like, don't get me wrong, they congratulate Liverpool players when they get it. Um, and some Liverpool fans out there probably go, oh, why didn't Salah win something? Um, I think Player Kev, of the year. Kev, Kev Over the Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of go, what's the big deal? Because, first of all, the one Salah wins is voted on in February. What the fuck are you doing voting in February? It's not like, it's not like that we're in the 1910s and we're sending this by carrier pigeon across the Atlantic. Like, we're literally in the 24th century where you can get an answer from somebody immediately. Why aren't they going, like, if they have 200 writers voting on this, why can't they just say to the writer, listen, just to let you know, we're opening a portal on May the 10th, right? And we're closing on May the 17th. You must get your vote in by then or you won't get a vote. Why can't they do that? Why are they doing it in February? You know, the sort of way. So I think Liverpool fans at times just kind of go, Ali didn't win it, he won it, fair enough, whatever. You know what I mean? If Liverpool player wins it, congratulate him. But at the end of the day, players like individual awards. But the way most of them are carried out, they're a bit silly for me, the way they're carried out. And, and uh, do you know what? The, the, the people that are moaning about it as well, they don't even know how the voting works. Like the LMA Manager of the Year is voted for by all of the other managers in all of the divisions. Mm-hmm. So voted for by peers. The Premier League manager of the season is voted for by the public mm-hmm. and a panel of pundits and mm-hmm. uh, members of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when you when you point that out to them, or I've seen somebody point it out to them, well, then they should change it. <laughs> to what? Yeah. That's democracy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, or just, I'll tell you what to do. Just scrap them all, right? And whoever gets the most goals gets player of the year. And whoever finishes top of the league gets manager of the year we won't have to have this I'd rather that because then you don't have to read half the shit you read um, day in day out by absolute lunatics Matt I'm conscious that you're the only one that hasn't had a say on it have you got much to say on it I mean the league the league manager association's manager of the year well we won the league cup so we did better in the league cup vis-a-vis city than we did to them in the league so it has like 
I and to me, I I got downvoted like crazy. I I went on Reddit on the general soccer stream, and they were talking about Pep and Guardia, uh, Pep and Klopp, and I said. Pep might be a better coach because he might be the way that he drills his team down to the absolute minute detail. But in terms of managing the entire football club, it's what we talked about tonight. It's, it's not even close. They spent a hundred million pounds on a player who scored as many Premier League goals as Joel Matip did this year. Whereas Jurgen Klopp took an eight million pound left back from Hull and has made him almost unquestionably the best left back in the entire world. That's managing. Now, coaching is getting your players to drive the ball to the byline and cut it back to the penalty spot 185 times a game. That's coaching, and Pep is fantastic at it. But in terms of managing everything, the ethos from the connection between the supporters and the club and all the players and all the staff, it's not even – there's nobody in the game that comes close to what Jurgen Klopp does in terms of being that entire all-encompassing manager for a football club. So should he win manager of the year? Every year until he retires. Yeah, but I'm but, so but, glad that I went to Matt for that one. But 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 the fun, the funny thing is, like, um, it, it's like comparing apples and oranges. There's no sample size of Jurgen Klopp going to a team that's number one in the league and having the spending power that they have. And there's no sample size of Pep Guardiola taking a team that's not top of the league, not the most ri- the, the richest club in that league, and indeed richest clubs in the world. Okay, there's no there's no sample size of going away from that. You know the sort of way. And people always make their argument, oh well if Klopp had Pep's money he'd be this and I'm gonna go on. Well you don't know that. You know. Um I think I don't know how comfortable Klopp will be with that. And then people say, Oh well he signed Allison for seventy five and he signed Virgil for seventy five. Yeah. And he signed Robertson for eight and he brought Trent through an academy, you know, and he signs you know, um look he he signs he signs Jota Mane and Salah for around the same of what City signed Grealish and Diaz. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Diaz. Like so, it's it's it, it's like comparing apples and apples and oranges. And that's not me having to go a pep. That's probably me defending the, the fact that we're arguing it and have and sometimes having to go a pep because you, I can't say a pep would be good at that or not. But he's never given us the opportunity to see it. All right, and the way Klopp likes to do things, he, I think he feels a bit uncomfortable in doing it that way. I think it, that's why I don't think you're seeing him end up at Bayern. Um, because if he wanted to do it, he could have had the Bayern job multiple times over. Multiple times over. So, look, would I swap Klopp for Guardiola? Absolutely fucking not. Um, no way. Because one, um, I think Klopp plays better football. And two, he looks sound. The other fella looks a fucking nightmare. Um, like, I wouldn't be drinking with him. Even the small little mini cans of Guinness that Matt floats around with, I wouldn't be drinking Guinness with him. <laughs> 400, 440 mils. Give me mini a cans of Guinness, man. Sort it out. The trick is we don't have to have Pep. We already live rent-free in his head. So Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris says, Gav, you're some Pep hater. I heard Pep prefers apples. It's not. I don't <laughs> hate Pep. I don't hate Pep. I just, you know, I'd love to see Klopp take over at somebody that was just like a PSG. And see what he could do, right? Now, well beyond what he's doing at Liverpool, obviously. But I'd also like to see Pep come along and go, um, Conte's gone to PSG, I love the sports job. Or, um, Jesus, uh, Napoli aren't doing, I, I'm going to Napoli. You know, or I'm going to go and manage Marseille. Or I'm going to go and take over at um, Bayer Leverkusen. 
but he has never done that. So the uh, there's no sample size there to throw any weight behind it. You know, so it's it's just you, you can try compare it, and we can try and make things up. But the simple fact is, is that we have nothing to go on with regards to um, what sort of managers they are in different situations because they've never been in it. They're, they're polar opposites, both in person, personality, and uh, and the way they manage and who they're looking to manage. So, but any fuck him anyway. Um, we're going to be working up on Saturday, so um, and he'll absolutely be gone fucking mental, um, which would be great. So, lads, and, and I actually and, think uh, I actually think if we win it on Saturday night, I think the, the parade should start in Manchester, um, where they finished. Where they finished, I think. I think it should start there and then come down the motorway. So there you go. So an hour and fifteen, lad. You'd probably get more Liverpool fans in Manchester at the start of that parade than Man City got for their fucking pathetic <laughs> title-winning yeah. parade. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. We're uh, an hour and 15 in now, lads, so we'll look to start wrapping it up. Unless there's anything else coming up in the chat, Gav, did you have a, a look through? Or? No, loads of people aren't big fans of Pep, which is hardly surprising. Oh, um Chris Golding says, uh, are we talking standard supermarket oranges or pulled off the tree oranges? <laughs> Um, I don't know how many oranges you pulled off a tree, but I would highly doubt there's many. Um, but no, there's, there's, there's loads of people watching, um, loads of people liking, loads of people complimenting Matt and Ron and um, just ignoring me and Emmett, which is fair. Um, the lads have done really, really well. Before we move on, I have to mention IP Vanish um, because they are our sponsor. We're an hour and 12 in and we've, I forgot to do it on 30 minutes or so. So IP Vanish is your VPN of choice if you need one. It should be your VPN of choice if you need one. Rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. It has one touch of a button. It will protect your data, your passwords, um, on all your privacy online, whether that's on your phone, your tablet, your desktop, wherever it might be, at home or on the move. Um, check them out right now. Special offer for our listeners and viewers. $3.20 per month um, over the first year. And it's about a 70% saving, which is really, really good. The link is in the description, but it is www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. And as I can see, loads of people in the chat are delighted. I remember to read that. <laughs> in. Good stuff. So, uh, Matt... All the way from Canada. Thanks very much for for joining us. Hopefully, uh, we'll have you on again. Um, have you anything else to add? No, not at all. Just uh, I hope everybody's got their nerves sorted. We've uh, we've had lots of practice this season to get ready for this final. So uh, up the Reds on Saturday, boys. Let's go. And Ron, anything else? No, I just want to give a big thanks to you guys for setting this up and, and you know including including viewers and um, you know. Thank you for also for having that, uh, that the telegram set up so we can all set things like this up. I uh, want to thank everybody watching, and I, you know, looking forward to celebrating um, Saturday afternoon. So, up the Reds and let, let's let's do this. You do realize by mentioning Telegram that there's going to be a heap of messages now asking Gav how do they get into the Telegram in the comment section. Um, yeah. Gav, anything else from you? Um, the Telegram, subscribe to the channel, go to the community tab, scroll down to the second topic and you will see a link to Leveler. Hit that, um, follow the process and download the Telegram app to your phone. It can be done on Apple 
or on Android. I'm like a fucking automated machine at this stage. And um, yeah, and then when you when you go through the registration process, it will transfer it into um, Telegram, and you will be there. So there you go. Um, other than that, no. Um, today's today's Thursday. Tomorrow, uh, the lads on Sports Unplugged will be dedicating um, Friday night to a Champions League preview. We will be back on Sunday night in, in very bad state, I'd say. Um, whatever way the game goes, we'll be in a bad state um, for the Fatback 4 on Sunday night. I also want to mention Failicon as a charity. Um, oh, Matt, Jesus, Matt's reminding me and everything. Jesus, I'm getting orders here. <laughs> um, but uh, Failicon is our charity partner. The link is in the description. It's a fantastic charity. The link is there if you want to read all about them. And trust me, if you read all about them, I think you will um, donate. If you can't donate, take the other link that's there for the donation page and you can check that out. You can spread it amongst family, friends, colleagues. Phil is doing... Phil says it's Iron Man, but he's probably just going out on his bike on a Saturday and he's going to get sponsored for that. So, because Phil's m- mental, um, he is going to dedicate all that to Failicon. I had another guy on to me today, his name completely skips me, but I think he's running a marathon. Um, he is going to, instead of getting sponsor cards out, he's actually just given the link to Air, um, Air Link so people can do that as well. So, if you're doing any sort of fundraising or your you know 5k runs every day for a month or whatever it might be if you want to throw some money airway you can get the people to sponsor you via airlink so that should be good um other than that no really enjoyed this show by the way really 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 enjoyed it good stuff um yeah so uh thanks gav thanks matt and ron um number seven is coming home on uh saturday uh up the fucking reds that's right Absolutely. Sports Social Podcast Network.